0: Labs. This is state of demand gen
1: all right so today what we will be talking about is the benefits of incorporating creative into b2b marketing b2b marketing but not only creative but great creative and then having a strong creative process around that creative when you begin to produce it
0: Cool. Um, So we can hop right in. What are some of the advantages you've witnessed when a company incorporates great creative into B2B marketing?
1: So the biggest advantage I've seen is that they've been able to have a better connection with their target audience, right? They're beginning to think in a more innovative way by creating these different assets. And because of that, they're seeing more engagement. They're seeing a higher level of trust. And I think that's something that every company wants. And they're also seeing more leads convert.
0: Cool. Chris, do you have any thoughts on that one?
2: So I'm not exactly sure what the, what the biggest benefit is. But what I will say if we take a step back is that most companies advertising fails because of the creative, because of the lack of respect in, of the creative in the thought process around it and what the messaging is. Um, They value buying the ad and don't spend nearly enough time thinking about what am I going to put in front of this person? How am I going to communicate it? Do I understand them effectively? Is this the right message? Is it resonating? Are people consuming it? Um, And those are, I think, the, the missing pieces when B2B companies execute advertising. And so, yeah, creative is super important.
0: What are some questions B2B marketers should be asking themselves while developing creative?
1: So a couple of things I definitely think they should be asking themselves is, number one, is this forming any type of a connection? A lot of times in B2B, a lot of information is thrown at this individual who's viewing this asset or creative, and they're not thinking about the connection it's actually having with the person. I think another great question is, is this informative in any type of way? Another great question is, what part of this actually influences choice making? So I think if they start to think about those questions more, they will have more successful campaigns and creative.
2: Yeah, and to go um, a little bit deeper on that, the questions that I always ask is number one what am I trying to communicate and trying to keep it really simple into a message? I think that a lot of people overlook that and then just jump to something. So what am I trying to communicate? What do the people that I'm communicating with care about? Do I understand those people well enough to understand what they care about? Do they like it? Like, those are the questions that I think I'm almost going even higher level than this, because I think people gloss over a lot of these things and are just like, like, let's just pick an image and go get some leads. And like, what you're really doing on paid social is communicating with people, and 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 the diff the only difference is that instead of organic reach, that you're paying for guaranteed distribution, which on a lot of platforms is a good choice to make as long as you can deliver on the creative and the messaging. And so, I think people just need to completely reframe their mindset around the purpose of this channel, which would then drive some of the questions that I mentioned at the beginning. I really,
1: really like that. Uh, I was also gonna say that when I look at design, I look at it as a conversation. And when you're having a conversation with someone, you want to talk with someone that's approachable. You want to talk with someone that actually has a point of view, looking at those things things are really important as well.
0: Definitely, awesome. Next question, um, what should B2B marketers keep in mind while embracing creativity?
1: I think that the main thing that they should keep in mind is that you don't have to say so many things at one time. You should focus on one thing at a, at a time. You can have different pieces of artwork that say different things and you don't have to take one piece of artwork and say so many things at one time. I think another great thing is showing that you have a point of view. that separates you from your competitors and it adds uh, value to your brand.
2: Awesome, the first thing that popped into my mind is the difference between creative and creativity. And so I'm going to be answering this question in the form of creativity, because I believe that um, a lot of creativity is lost in B2B because of the unnecessary guardrails that are put on, for instance, attribution, lead targets, other things that are set in this company which suppress creativity and suppress innovation. And so some of the things that I would be thinking about at the beginning to encourage creativity would be that you don't need to know how to exactly measure it when you do it right away come i think companies just basically convince themselves that they shouldn't do it by trying to think about how they're going to measure it before they do it as opposed to doing something looking for a spark which is obvious because your customers will tell you if it's working and then continuing to go forward and then once it's working figuring out the appropriate measures in order to measure it. And so it's thinking about it working first and then it measuring it second, which is the opposite of what most companies do, which is why you don't see a lot of creativity in B2B companies in my opinion.
0: Great answer, cool. Um, We can move on to the next one. What are some things B2B marketers should tap into when developing creative that can be used to their advantage?
1: I think that the biggest thing they can tap into is storytelling. A lot of times what I see is that different marketers are trying to just condense everything into one headline. And the biggest piece of creative I like to use are Facebook carousels. You're able to have a headline and then you're able to speak to that headline with different values to tell a story. So I think storytelling is the biggest thing that they can tap into. And also, again, forming a human connection, which is not something that you see a lot in B2B marketing?
2: So I'm going to go back into this, uh, I'll go back into the storytelling um, component on this one. I think that the insight that I've had relatively recently is on the idea that the storytelling needs to be done in the feed. I think that again, another traditional mindset in B2B advertising is that people need to click in order for it to be effective. Um, and what we're finding is that um, give like in the example of a carousel, like what is the value if somebody slides through six carousel slides and understands a little bit more about a problem that you solve or a little bit more about a customer that has success with you or a little bit more about your product? What's the value of that? And so companies are assigning no value to that in their measurement models. And so it basically doesn't incentivize them to tell stories because they're optimizing for clicks. And the way that you optimize for clicks is go for wide targeting, enable LinkedIn audience expansion or Facebook audience expansion or build lookalike audiences for your small TAM or all these things that make no sense in advertising to lower the cost per click so that your data looks better. And you're actually not telling any stories and the people that are laying on your website are a lot of the wrong people. And so I, I think people would get a ton of value and insights by starting to create content that gets consumed the in-
0: Definitely. Cool. What would you say are some of the values of having a solid creative process besides the fact that it creates great structure?
1: So I think the two best things that it does is it sets everyone up for success. Everyone knows what they're supposed to be doing, how they're supposed to be doing it, and when they're supposed to be doing it. I think that the other thing it does is it leads to better storytelling because you're focusing on every aspect of the creative in a great way and you're dedicating enough time to each piece of that creative. So those are the top two things that I feel like are the best things of having a creative process.
2: In my observations of creative process, my belief is that almost every B2B company screws this up. Um, The reason that I know that they screw it up is because I think observing one on the mindset of the lack of value in creative, but then if you just look at their activities, you see the same piece of stale creative from a big brand that's been running on retargeting on LinkedIn for the past four months that you've seen 150 times. You see, so you hit see massive frequency because companies don't update creative they don't make messaging adjustments they don't build a lot of variations they which stems from the lack of value on it. Um, They don't deliver on time, so if you did have a if you did have a process that was working like imagine if my linkedin was rolling for two years. And, and then we couldn't keep up with the production. So my posts dropped from five to seven times a week to two times a week. And imagine what the impact would be over the next six months. And a lot of companies do that on paid social creative. And so even if something's working, they don't understand how important it is to continue to scale the channel by pushing creative, not just the budget. Those two things need to scale together. I think the companies are really missing there.
0: What do you believe a lot of B2B brands or agencies are lacking when it comes to their creative process?
2: I'm going to go Hello? first on this one. They're too okay. fucking slow. <laughs> yeah. They're too slow. Like the, the way that content is distributed, the way that people consume in order to have relevance, in order to deliver enough of a volume, in order to have a consistent output cadence, they need to remove approval layers with 17 different executives in order to get a piece of creative out they need to stop strategizing for three months and put something out and learn. There are so many components, but the, the root of why the creative industry and internal marketing, like creative agencies that are built in-house are broken is because they move too slow. The world's going way too fast. They miss the opportunities. They don't learn the insights quickly enough. Um, it's by far the biggest miss.
1: And to build on that, and I totally agree with Chris on that as well, I would say that what they're structuring their process around is wrong. So I see a lot of companies structuring their process around quantity versus quality. And I think that quantity is important, right? We create different variables for our customers to see what resonates best with their target audience. But when we're doing that, we're never losing, qu- we're never losing quality. We're always making sure that the quality is at the highest standard. And I think that gets lost a lot of times when companies are focusing on how many leads can I grab or how many emails can I get? They're losing the quality of the work.
2: Yeah. And and to just like kind of hammer home this point, the... There is no like the idea of quality over quantity, or whatever people say, implies that there's a trade off between the two. And that's not the case. Maybe in 1970, when you needed like it was a hundred thousand dollar production in order to film a video, maybe at that point, like (laughs) quality and quantity were compromised. But we're in 2021 right now. You can create content very quickly, very inexpensively that is very strong, high quality. And so I think people need to move out of that mindset. I think that it's restrictive. We put out a ton of high quality content in a volume that's like unprecedented. And then to move back, I just want to go a little bit deeper with the the problems that companies have when they're scaling their paid social spend. Like what we're seeing is that when you move ad spend on paid social, the it needs, it doesn't scale like Google ads and Google ads, you just hit a button and waste a bunch of money because that's what a lot of companies do on Google. And they, so they think that you can just replicate that mindset inside of paid social. And so they just take one piece of creative ramp the entire budget for the month and then just run it. And when you are scaling the paid social channel, the content and the creative need to be invested in together. I think that that is a core challenge of companies that are spending more than probably 25 K a month on paid social. Um, And then they'll ramp that exact same strategy to hundred K a month and see dramatic diminishing returns. And that is why.
0: So we get this follow-up question a lot when you recommend um, moving faster, do you have any recommendations for how you can get internal executive buy-in to move faster when you realize that, you know, the internal processes are just slowing you down?
1: This is, more
0: for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, one of the things that I think is missing is that there's there's not a focus on stages, right? So you're trying to produce all of these things and throw them out there, but you're missing a research stage. You're not focusing enough on an execution stage. You're not having an evaluation stage. Like how did these things perform? Uh, What can we do differently based off of this performance? So I think that's the core thing that's missing that leads to this.
2: So the thing that needs to change here is the is the mindset of executives around the importance of creative. This is going to be a repeated theme. Um, also, for marketers, right? This isn't just an executive thing. I think a lot of marketers miss on this too. Um, but it's the the root of the issue is the mindset on creative, which then sets up resources and infrastructure and priorities around it. And so there's two things. One is people are. They don't value it or number two, that it's way too subjective in the evaluation by executives essentially in order whether or not it's good enough to use. And so um, we need to be able to educate executives on the fact that we don't need to make those choices anymore. Like we don't need to make it in a boardroom with no customer insights, we can go and run that and spend a hundred bucks and deliver whatever, 10,000 impressions and get very clear data about whether or not this is going to work and whether people like it. And so I think we just need to reframe this to, instead of we making a choice that we're actually going to test a lot of things, unless it's obviously way out of off-brand or way out of guidelines, I understand those things, but to debate like a a word and then go back and forth on approval processes for a month, as opposed to just putting it out and getting some data and insights and then going and iterating and doing something different the next day, Um, We just need to be way more agile in the overall marketing process.
0: So if you could pick three things that make up a great creative process, what would they be?
1: I would say that goes back to my last point. I would say it all revolves around stages within your process and making sure that you put a high amount of value on each stage. And those stages being a research stage, an evaluation stage, an execution stage, like all of those are beneficial to the end result that you're going to put out.
2: I'm gonna go in a little bit of a different direction with this one. Um, so my three are strategy, talent, and consumer insights slash analytics. Those are the three that I think is, are the recipe for a successful process. This is way more outside of the like nuts and bolts of, a, of an actual process and playing more around like if you were going to make like a good uh, creative process what are the things that you would actually need what are the things that typically are missing where it doesn't work and those are the those are the three big ones i think lack of strategy is a place where things break down i think lack of talent is definitely one where it breaks down whether the talent is coming from messaging, whether it's coming from actual design, whether it's coming through distribution, there's a ton of different layers of talent in this process. And then a big one that I think a lot of people miss is consumer insights and analytics. I put them into one in order to make it only three, but they could actually be broken out into two. And so consumer insights, like really understanding those people, how you're gonna communicate, but also where they're spending their time how to actually like write the copy. Those are some things that I'm thinking about. And then analytics. What are the things that are working? What can we learn about them? How do we use that to iterate in the future? Those are the things that I would say are great ingredients for a creative process.
0: Great. It was cool hearing your different perspectives on that. Um, we can pivot now. So. You've mentioned before, Chris, that there's not a lot of value behind creative in the B2B space, typically. So, how can-
2: There's a a lot, I'm just clarifying it more for the listeners, Uh but there's a lot of value in doing it. There's a lack of perceived value from executives.
0: Okay, exactly. So how can marketing managers and executives empower their creative teams more? With that in mind.
1: I would definitely say that they can empower them more by making them feel like, one, they have a voice. I feel like a lot of creatives feel like they are just there to execute and a vision that they might have isn't important. So just making sure that they feel like they have a voice and they have a say to what is going out in the world is really important and will empower them.
2: I think this is purely rooted on an effective leader that understands the value of this. So like in Triana in here, like at Refine Labs, there's not a lot of issues given our like creative process because the creative team has a ton of flexibility and our executives believe in it deeply. Those are the things that are, those are the things that are missing. And so that's when you add 10 approval layers. That's when you add a lot of things is when there's a disconnect um, between those two groups because when we're not the only company that, that believes in this and has it figured out. There are other companies that do very creative things. And the thing that I always root back to is a CMO that believes in it.
1: Yes, I believe that. I would say that what makes me want to come to work every day is the fact that Chris believes in my expertise. He values what I do and he knows that I can do it well. And that empowers me.
0: Awesome. So here at Refine Labs, we've definitely seen the power of testing different variables of creative. Can you both talk a little bit more about the importance of this and maybe explain that more tactically?
1: Yeah. So the biggest thing that I've noticed is that what they thought may have resonated with their audience isn't necessarily what Resonates with them when they create these different variables. You're learning how to speak with the audience in a different way. You're learning what is more valuable to them and what's not valuable to them. I think that you also begin to see more conversion rates, higher conversion rates. You're learning uh, how to build more trust with them. I think that every time you create different variables, you're learning new things instead of sticking to the same thing that you think worked one time and repeating that over and over and over again.
2: Yeah, so the the process that we have here is called rapid messaging testing, but it also involves the creative variation inside of this. And so what we do is that we create several different designs and three, three different copywriting variations per design to have basically six total messages for that camp messages and design variations for that campaign. And when you look at the data between the the lowest performer and the top performer, it can be up to five X better engagement rates of the top performer versus the lower performer. And so being able to to go through and run a different variation, and use the testing to identify which one works the best in order to move forward and drive better results for the campaign is hugely important. But what most companies do is they just create one. And when they just create one, they don't know whether that one falls on the bottom of the performance scale, or the top of their performance scale. Secondarily, they never learn. They only learn about that specific asset, but they don't learn about it from a comparison of six other assets against the same audience at the same time in the same campaign. And so the the iteration on on the testing gives you two key things, or maybe it's three. So um, one is it allows you to identify which performer works best to Create, you know, a better upside in the campaign. Two, it is a form of market research that you can learn over time. And then three, you eliminate or you know dramatically reduce the potential of swinging and missing on creative, which a lot of companies do when they just put one piece out and it doesn't work, and then you don't have another one for a month, and your create your entire social campaigns don't drive results for the entire month because you only created one version and it didn't work. A
1: lot of companies do that. I agree. I feel like a lot of the companies do that, especially a lot of the companies that I've been at and they begin to become frustrated because they don't understand why it's not working. Because again, like Chris said, they didn't test multiple different variations.
0: Cool, well, those are all the questions I have here on my end. Are there any other points that we didn't touch on that you think would be important to anyone listening in regards to the creative process or creative in B2B?
1: Well, one question that that I actually have for Chris is what is the most beneficial thing that he's seen by introducing creative into different areas, like different uh, parts of B2B, like whether it's a, company that focuses on construction, or it's a company that focuses on uh, pets, like, what has he seen from that?
2: So the benefits when executed properly are one speed, like speed to market with your creative. And so being able to get that out consistently in a volume, Um, consumer insights, when you value it, you spend a lot more time on the message. And when you're focused on the message and the analytics around the message, not necessarily the clicks, it gives you a lot of interesting feedback that you can use for future campaigns. And so it comes down to the the lens and the sphere of how people look at digital advertising is not this lens. It's not about like, are people consuming the information? Is it moving them forward? Am I making an impact? Do they like it? Like that, if you looked at it in that lens, the details of what you looked at and what you actually did would be very different. And so that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking about. I got one. And so what we're, what we're doing at Refine Labs is basically taking a B2C creative um, execution and moving it into B2B. The reason that we're doing it is because this has already played out in B2C. And throughout my career, I've basically just looked at what happened or what was happening in B2C and then moving it into B2B. And all the B2B people are like, oh, that's for consumer. It's like not going to work, blah, 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 blah. And then figuring out how to repackage it because it may come through in a different way in B2B and then being two to five years ahead of every B2B company because they all think the same way. And so the impact and the importance of creative has shown itself in B2C from 2012 to 2017 and continues to do so on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat. And so it is obvious to me that it also matters just as much in B2B on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Snapchat, wherever you are. This is an obvious shift that B2B companies are not recognizing and so I couldn't push them harder to consider it differently because it's guaranteed to happen. It's our. Right, it's happening.
1: And I would say that I love, that's one of the things that I love most about Refine Labs is that we're taking a B2C approach to this B2B creative, which makes it fun because everyone thinks like, oh, B2B creative has to be boring. And I say all the time, it doesn't have to be, it's the way that you execute it. Like, your messaging can still have personality. Your creative and visuals can still look engaging. So I love our approach to that.
2: And a, to, and a note for the listeners, a B2C approach on creative, not on media, right? It's, a, it's very different. And so in B2C, when you look at how you run media, it is conversion-based, e-commerce, transactional, direct response stuff that does not play in complex 50K plus ACV type of software deals. But a lot of companies execute the media like B2C because they're trained that way by the Facebooks and the Googles to do it that way and then measure on the lead, not the revenue, because if they looked at the revenue, it would tell them not to do it. And so just a distinction there, we're bringing B2C creative mindset into a B2B media execution, which would involve some form and combination of account based marketing, demand, and brand.
0: Thanks for clarifying that. That was helpful. Um, any last thoughts? I
2: think I'll we're try. good to go. This awesome. was great. Hey, everyone. Thanks for checking out this episode of the State of Demand Gen podcast. You know, It's crazy to think that now more than 15,000 demand marketers, sales reps, product marketers, field marketers, CMOs, and everything in between are listening to this podcast and getting a ton of value out of it. And so if you've been listening to the podcast and you've been getting value out of it, I would really, really, really appreciate if you could leave a rating in the podcast section. It would mean a lot to me. Thank you and see you for the next episode.